This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to a 58 Ember production. Hey, welcome to Here For It. I'm your host, Erica Muller. Each week, we'll be talking all things life, fashion and beauty, personal development, and probably some pop culture along the way as well. Here For It is your weekly space to get grounded, regroup, and be inspired to live your best life. Because really, we're all figuring it out as we go. And I'm so here for it. Hi guys, welcome back to Here For It. My name's Erica Moeller. For anyone new around here, welcome. I'm so happy to have you and welcome to a Here For You episode. This episode is all about answering questions that you guys submitted either to the Google form, which you can find in every single um, episode's show notes, or you submitted in the question box that I had posted on Instagram. And I have Emily, my producer here with me, and she has all the questions And so she'll be giving us the rundown with that in a little bit, but I wanted to start with a couple of things. First, if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen that there's a giveaway happening tomorrow. The giveaway is announced. It's through 58 number, my podcast network that here for it is on and you're getting a PR box. One lucky listener is getting a PR box on behalf of 58 number. And it's a really great PR box. Well worth entering, but tomorrow winner is announced. So if you haven't entered, go do that. That's all the housekeeping I have. But wait, I saw this trend on TikTok and I feel like Erica and I have talked about this before that our TikToks are a completely different user experience. And so wildly different, nothing overlaps, but I feel like this could have overlapped. So I wanted to see if you've seen this, the wrong shoe theory. No. What is this? Okay. It's fashion related. So I'm like, maybe Erica would get it. But essentially it's these people and people have done like 30 day challenges of this where basically you get dressed and then you put on the shoes that should go with the outfit, but then you don't wear those shoes. You wear something that's the wrong shoe. So it's like if you were getting dressed for work and you were wearing a suit and you put on like pumps with it, but then you take the pumps off and you wear New Balance sneakers. Okay. And so that's the whole trend. And it's just people wearing the wrong shoes. So does it actually end up looking good or it's just like a way to be quirky? Sometimes it looks good. Sometimes it looks bad. Because I feel like we've seen with like dresses and like sneakers, like it can look cute. So sometimes people do that. And to me, I'm like, that's cheating. Like you kind of know that that could look good anyway. But sometimes it really does feel wrong, but it actually looks good. Interesting. No, I haven't seen that at all. You'll have to look um, it but up. Now I'm, yeah, I'm really curious about it. I feel like there's certain people I see who like their their style is definitely not um it's like it's very much their own. Like they're mm-hmm. not buying into trends ever and I I really love and respect people who do that. Um and I find it just really interesting to see how they pair things. And um there's this one girl in particular that I find her style to be really cool. And she, um, 
does a lot of like really like basically this, but mm-hmm. for her, I feel like it always looks perfect. Yeah. Like she had, like, she'll put on like a nice dress. And then do you remember those Yeezy like snow boots? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I would have never done that. And I don't think I could pull it off, but on her, it looks impeccable. Yeah. I had seen another video and it was basically pulling when celebrities did the wrong shoe trend, but like Haley Bieber's always going to look good. Mm-hmm. So it's like Haley Bieber can do it, but like, could I do it? I don't know. Yeah. I will say the only thing I've seen in terms of shoe trendy things is um, if you're getting dressed up, I've seen people saying like you put on a nice dress and then you wear two different shoes. Mm-hmm. And there's something about like the two shoes being wrong that actually makes the outfit look right. But I just can't get behind that. Like I can't get behind the idea of my feet feeling like they're in two different no, shoes. Absolutely not. Yeah. No. Interesting. Next tomorrow when I get dressed, I'm gonna try this and see how I feel. I know. I'm just curious. I know. I know. You have to look at the videos and see what okay. people do. Because some people have done like 30 days of it. Oh my gosh. So people are committed. Interesting. All right. Okay. Should we get into our here for you's? Yes, I think that's probably what most people are here for right now. (laughs) Perfect. All right. The first one is how to stop caring what people think of me. It feels debilitating. This, I think, is a universal experience that we've all experienced at some level at some point in our lives. And without knowing like backstory, it's hard to give like a complete answer, but my initial thought is that a lot of this just comes with mindset and also age. I find like the older I get, the less I really care about other people's opinions. And it's just like, I, it's like that, um, that saying where if the plane's going down, you have to put your oxygen mask on first for you to help anybody else. If you're constantly worried what's going on with everybody else, you're going to suffocate. And I feel like it's the same just in terms of living life. Like if I were to constantly try to do what everybody else thinks I should do, one, you're never going to please literally anybody because everybody has different opinions and it just, it truly does become debilitating. And so I think it's a shift in mindset almost of if I get to the end of my life and I look back. And the only thing I ever did was for the sake and happiness of other people. I think you're really, really going to regret that. And knowing that you're never going to make anybody happy anyways, if you have that moment, you're going to be like, I did all this for all these other people and they still weren't happy and I didn't have any happiness. So like you have control of your own happiness. And I think you just have to prioritize that and just put the blinders on and just stop looking at what other people are doing. Stop comparing yourself to like how somebody else did a similar thing. You really just have to get into your own world. And I think people are hesitant of saying that as advice because it sounds like selfish to just only focus in on your world, but it's really not. Yeah. It's truly like the only thing you can, like you can do and can control. And you don't actually know what other people think of you. Mm-hmm. Like they could voice one thing and think the other. And so the only thing you actually know, yeah, is what you said, is how you think. Totally. All right. 
My friends don't respect my time. They are always late, cancel at the very last minute, or end up planning things when they know I'm unavailable. I'm trying not to be angry, but I am. What should I do? This one I relate to a lot because I, for me, being on time is being 15 minutes early. Like if I show up, if something's at five o'clock and I show up at five o'clock, I'm having anxiety. So I understand wanting your time respected because I feel like it's my innate nature to be that way. Um, and it's incredibly frustrating when somebody else isn't that way. Different people view time differently. And that's something I've had to learn. Like I have certain friends who I know I'm like, if we make plans at six o'clock, she's not going to be there till six 45. And it's just like, I know that about her now. And I just have to adjust knowing that in the back of my mind. So again, without knowing your full situation, it's hard to be like, oh, they're doing it intentionally. But if it's something um, that you had a conversation with them about and they still aren't doing it, it can be definitely tricky to navigate. And another thing I feel like I've learned if this is something that's continuously happening to you and you've tried putting up boundaries and you've had conversations and it's still like they're not respecting that, I personally would probably distance myself a little bit and just see how it goes moving forward. And if there's no real effort on their part, I think that's kind of your answer. Yeah. Like, I think it goes back to like that respect thing. And if you feel Mm -hmm. like you're not being respected, then this is probably just like one example of that. Mm -hmm. I feel I, to me, like people's time is important and my time is important. And when people don't respect my time, it pisses me off. And so I very much relate and can understand you feeling upset about this and you're not in the wrong for feeling that way. I don't think. Mm Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Everyone seems to have their own personal style these days, and I'm struggling to figure mine out. How do I find my own style? Okay, good question. I feel like the way personal style is talked about is kind of like misguided in a sense where it's like, oh, you have to figure out your own style based on what's available. And I don't think it's really that cut and dry. I think a lot of it comes from, I truly think finding your personal style is a matter of how do you feel when you're wearing something as opposed to what types of clothing should I be buying? Um, I see things on other girls all the time that I'm like, that is so cute but I know it is not me. And if I put it on, I would be so incredibly uncomfortable. And so for me, I can have an appreciation for somebody else's style and know that it's not mine. And I think when people are talking about like, oh, you have to find your own personal style. It's like picking and choosing from other people. And yes, you might find inspiration from somebody else and what they are wearing. But if you put it on and you're just like, I feel just so uncomfortable and like I'm crawling in my skin in this outfit, that's obviously not helping your confidence and you should feel confident in what you're wearing all the time. So I would try more of like, how does this make me feel? And also if you've had similar clothing for a long period of time, naturally you're going to gravitate to like sweatshirts or tank tops or whatever it is. So 
push yourself a little bit if you're wanting to switch things and like define it a little bit more. And you'll know based on like, as you're trying, you can ask yourself like, am I uncomfortable right now because this is new or am I uncomfortable because this is just not me? And I think asking those questions as opposed to like, what style of dress fits me best or whatever, I think you'll find it easier to create your own personal style, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I feel like you kind of hinted at this, but you probably already have a personal style, but you just can't define it for yourself. Like if you go through your closet, there probably are some similarities. Or even I feel like if you asked a friend and be like, like, how would you describe my style? It's typically easier to do that for somebody else. And so I could see Mm -hmm. somebody else being able to pinpoint things that maybe you can't for yourself. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't mean you don't have a personal style. It might just be harder for you to figure out, like, how do I define mine? Yeah. And I also don't think that I sit around being like, how would I define my closet or what I wear? Like, I don't have a title Mm -hmm. or like, I think some people are like, oh, I'm preppy or I'm, Mm -hmm. I don't, I, I don't know, girly, whatever. And I don't have a title for my style. So don't feel like you have to come up with a name for it either. And that Mm -hmm. it like fits in this box. I feel like more often than not, it's going to ebb and flow. Totally. I remember that was a trend for a while. It was the three, it was like three words, like pick your three words for your style. And people were like stressed about like, what are my three words? Like, what does everything fall into? Again, I didn't know (laughs) that social media experience. I know. On totally different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of categorizing that happens in the world. Yeah. And you just got to let it go. Not necessary. Like, okay. It's really not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I set goals for myself, but rarely follow through with the things I know would help me achieve them. SOS. Okay. I'm not a therapist or a psychologist. <laughs> I, I don't know truly the deeper root of this, but my inclination is that there's probably some deep-rooted fear in there somewhere. And I think a lot of people assume they have a fear of failure, but I think it's actually really common for people to have a fear of success and for whatever reason. And it could be you know, something you learned in childhood that like your parents said, or you learned at school or a friend had said to you and it just like got stuck in your subconscious. Like a lot of people have issues with money and like money is the root of all evil and, you know, things like that. And it really affects them. And if you had a situation like that, where something was said to you and it makes you fear either money or success or whatever this area of your goal is in, you can be like subconsciously sabotaging yourself. And so if you have a therapist or somebody to talk to, I think that would be an interesting area to like dive into and see if they can help you figure that out. If therapy is something that is not for you, I would encourage you to just sit down and maybe journal about like, where is the root of this actually? And do I have a fear like, was I taught that if I was successful, it made me a bad person or people would judge me? 
um, and see what that fear is. But the thing, the great news about like beliefs is that you can change them. So once you identified it, you can go back and, um, change it to what you want to believe instead. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely feels like you've identified this roadblock and it just like, isn't going anywhere. So it's like, why is it there? And I guess that's all that's for like the advice I just gave is for something that's bigger, more serious. I'm assuming Mm -hmm. like a career goal or like something that there's like more weight to it as opposed to like, for example, I ran a half marathon this year and it's something that's been in the back of my mind for a really long time. And I just have never taken action on it. And then earlier this year, I was like, why do I always just am like saying to myself, oh yeah, like someday you'll do it. And then it just is like, you never take action on it. And so I was like, oh, interesting. And so then I just went and signed up for it and it's like less serious. It's more of just like deciding whether it's important or not. So Mm -hmm. I don't know the depth of how serious this goal is for you. Um, so there could be levels to it. Yeah. I feel like the prioritization is important because obviously to achieve something, it takes yeah the time and the effort. And so it has to be a conscious decision to do that. Yeah. What should I do to stop being a people pleaser? Oh, great question. I definitely used to be a people pleaser. And actually there's an episode It's an earlier episode. I can link it in the show notes that I did on how to stop being a people pleaser. So that might be a good episode for you to go listen to. It was a solo one that I had done. Um, But this kind of goes back to the question earlier about caring what people think. And you got to ask yourself, like, why am I being a people pleaser? Like, am I worried that if I don't do these things for somebody, they're not going to like me? Um, Again, there's usually like a deeper reason as to why you're doing those things, but it really comes down to recognizing that you're doing it, which it sounds like you are aware because you're asking me. So first step, check. Good job. Second step is like, okay, I know I need to do something to change it. I have to set some boundaries and then you have to hold yourself accountable. Like this is one of those things where nobody else can do it for you and you just have to do it for yourself. And you have to know that every time you say no to something as hard as it's going to feel as uncomfortable as it's going to feel, um, you're doing the right thing for you. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where like any skill practice. Yeah. Can you share some of your favorite makeup and skincare products? Yes, I can. I should preface this with I'm not like the biggest makeup or skincare fanatic. Mm-hmm. Um, I have incredibly sensitive skin and I am prone to eczema. So I am always like very careful about products that I am using. So good news for you is that when I try something and I like it, I use it for a really long time. So anything that I'm about to say is like tried and true on my part. Um, yeah. Okay. So makeup, I really like Kosas, their concealer. I find that to work really well. Um, 
and it's also a clean product. So that's nice. I don't wear foundation, so I don't have a suggestion there. I really like milk. They have um, like a bronzer stick and a blush stick. I can't remember the shade of the bronzer that I use, but the blush that I like is called work. Um, and it lasts forever. And I really like that. I also have a makeup by Mario blush. It, it's called peachy cream, I think is the shade. I like that. It's very pigmented. Um, eyebrows. I usually either use NYX their what do you call that eyebrow pencil? Um, and the, or the Anastasia brow Wiz, I think is the name of that one. Either are good, just different price points. Um, mascara. I generally just like drugstore mascara right now. My go-to for the past few years has been the L'Oreal. I think it's lash paradise. It's in the pink tube. That's kind of it for makeup. If I do eyeshadow, I have a Morphe palette called truth or bear. Their stuff is really pigmented and it's pretty inexpensive. Um, my eyeliner that I like, if you are good with an eyeliner that kind of like smudges and blends throughout the day. I personally like that because it just looks a little more worn in and natural to me. It's called Honeybee Gardens and the shade I use is Belgian chocolate. And I like that. It's like more crayon-y. Um, so if you look for like a sharp eyeliner, that's not really something I'm doing there. And then as far as skincare, again, I'm also pretty simple with skincare because my skin's so sensitive that I try to not do too many things, but I really like for a cleanser, the Vanny cream, it's in a blue and white bottle. Um, first aid beauty also has a really nice face cleanser. I think it's just called their gentle face cleanser. I really like the first aid beauty ultra repair, uh, cream. I think that's what it's called. Ultra repair hydrating cream. It comes in like a tub. It's great if you have eczema and it's also really great in the winter because it's a little heavier. My skin leans more on the dry side. So I tend to need something a little heavier beyond that. I just use the ordinary lactic acid, 10%, sometimes the ordinary glycolic acid. And then I love the ordinary rosehip seed oil, aquaphor. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Simple. Everything's like tried and true for me. I'm not, I've tried like more designer or name brand makeup, but I just, it makes no difference to me. And so I'd rather spend my money elsewhere rather than on like Dior blush. Yeah. Personally. I completely agree. Yeah. Wait, but do you have any, because your skin is flawless. So I feel like, Oh wow. Very know. nice. Um, <laughs> I was thinking when you were going through makeup, couldn't tell you, cannot <laughs> tell you anything. I have one um, it's like a tinted sunscreen and I'm pretty sure it is Charlotte Tilbury, but it could be Laura Mercier. That's one of the two. Okay. I could not tell you. Um, but then with skincare, I really like Murad. It's like M-U-R-A-D. Mm -hmm. And so I have had their lotion for forever because I always struggle, struggle to find a good like face lotion that I felt like didn't like add too much oil and like actually helped in the winter and that's like my go-to all year long which is really nice and then I like grown alchemist for basically everything else and so I like their like ex 
exfoliant polishing scrub I think it is for the face I have their body wash and so I like a lot of their stuff but other than that pretty pretty simple yeah I forgot to mention sunscreen I do like the super goop unseen sunscreen that works really well for me Mm -hmm. but yeah I think personal experience anytime I've ever tried to add like extra steps to skincare routine backfires immediately I'm like no no, I agree. I think, yeah, less is more. Mm-hmm. And your skin just, I feel like your skin just gets used to like what works for you. And then when you try to like switch it up, it's going to freak out. Totally. And I mean, I listed, we both just like listed stuff we use. But again, if you have any sort of like skin concern, you got to go to an esthetician or find somebody who like yeah. can actually diagnose your skin and tell you a product that's going to make a difference because I'm sure we all like no none of us have the same skin type. No. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Last one. Okay. Need to stop scrolling on social media 24-7. It's making me feel bad about myself, but I feel addicted. I've been there. I've been there. So you're not alone. I think a lot of people feel this way. And actually if you haven't listened, there's two episodes you should listen and I'll link them in the show notes below. Dr. Julie Frattantoni and then also last week's episode with Casey Shea, both of them talk about the effects of social media. Um, Dr. Julie Frattantoni talks about social media specifically and brain health. And Casey talks about social media and how it affects your dopamine. Both incredibly fascinating. And so having some like hard backed science might help change your perspective on social media. Um, but in terms of just like getting out of the habit also, you got to recognize that it's a habit and it's like muscle memory. Like you just are prone to reaching for your phone and checking TikTok or Instagram or whatever it is. And so it's become a habit in that sense. And to get rid of a habit, you have to replace it with something else. So instead of reaching for your phone to scroll, maybe like stand up and go look out the window. Like you have to replace it with a different habit. Like if you're scrolling before bed, instead of scrolling, maybe read a book, maybe do a meditation, maybe do a face mask and like skincare. I don't know, but you have to just, you can't just say, I'm not going to do it and then sit there because then you're just going to immediately grab for it because your body needs something instead. So if you can find a different habit to replace it with, I think that'll help. Yeah. I feel like it's just like retraining your brain of what to go to. Yeah. Like, cause it kind of becomes a crutch. Mm-hmm. And so just retraining, like, what could I do instead? And also like, what are you trying to get out of the social media scrolling? Like yeah. you're going there for something to feel a certain way or to find a certain something, where else can you give that same feeling to yourself? Because yeah, it's, are you addicted to what you feel like social media gives you? Or is it just like a filler for when you have free time? Right. Like, why are you going to it? Because I always notice when I'm like reading a really good book, like I grab that instead of my phone Mm -hmm. if I have a few minutes. And so it's more just like for me, like filling that time. But I know Mm -hmm. for other people, like you get something from the social media. 
I feel like I'm pretty good about it now because I've just got to a point where I was like, this is an actual waste of my time. Like it's not, um, but I obviously still am on there and I do scroll. So I'm not like immune to it, but I find for me, if I get in the habit of scrolling, it's because I'm procrastinating on something that I don't want to do. And so I'm trying Mm -hmm. to like avoid something else. And so when I recognize that, I'm like, just go do it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I also feel like the less you're on your phone, the less you'll want to be on your phone. Totally. And so once you start, I do think it gets easier. I agree with that. All right. Well, that was it. Um, As always, you know where to find me. Like I said, if I mentioned another episode, um, that would help expand further on a question you asked. They will be linked in the show notes. so You can find them there. If you could take a second to rate and review, that's always the best way to support a podcast. And I would appreciate it endlessly. Um, And I will see you guys next week. This has been a 58 Ember production. For more shows, please visit the 58 Ember channel, 58ember.com, or find us at 58 Ember Media on socials.